The following is intended only for mature audiences. Whoops. Whoa. Right out of the gate. That was awesome. Gary Hoffman. That's major style points. Shannon Farron. She likes to impose her will. She's not one that's going to sit back. She's gone out there and done what she wants to do. I mean, what is going on here? Gary and Shannon. Uh, you, you know, I do like this team. You put up your best pictures and personality traits. You lie about how much money you make. I've seen both your profiles. They're filled with lies. Oh, my goodness. What a change of events here. Because we're going to be Uh, so what did the nice officers tell you when they finally uh, got you out of the uh, river? I don't think I can repeat that on the radio. Ah, it's very good. But you were actually... Let me tell you about the Houston Rodeo. It is a slice of Americana. Except for in this Americana, it's all white. Oh, okay. There was a lot of white people. Well, I don't know if Garth Brooks has a giant multicultural following. Um, I don't know. Did but, he play uh, with his wife at all? Or yeah, she came out, Trisha came out to sing uh, Diamonds and Pearls, you know, the dresser up, Diamonds and Pearls, that whole thing. I'm not Ribbons and Pearls. The, not not Prince's Diamond and Pearls, but Trisha Yearwood. Ribbons and Pearls, that song. It was great. They're so sweet together. Um, but it was unfortunate because it was, and the rodeo was fine. I love watching a rodeo. Uh, it's good times. But it, it was only about an hour. The concert was only about an hour. I needed more Garth. He didn't see him standing outside the fire, which broke my heart. So when we went back to the hotel, I played it four times, which I'm sure the entire floor right. enjoyed. Your friends loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Thank you, sir. A uh, bunch to get to today. We're going to talk um, in the next hour about pressures for perfection. There's a story out of uh, Orange County, a 16-year-old suicide Um where he wrote a couple of letters, and they're a cry for help, and it's a strange look into what it is that might drive a 16-year-old to take his own life, uh, and things that you wouldn't necessarily, I, I didn't expect, would be the criteria for committing suicide. But uh, it's an interesting look into that. We get into that. We'll do Swamp Watch Great at 1230. And Swamp Watch about the president trying to convince Vanessa Trump not, not to divorce yeah. his son. An awkward, strange, and the weird story about maybe he was having an affair with Aubrey O'Day or there was an affair at one time, which is a strange, that's a weirdness hey, too. Can we talk really quickly about the idea of having an affair with five kids? That's something that requires a lot of money, a lot of help, right? Because sure. normal people that have five kids, there's no time for an affair. Right. There's no time to go to the bathroom There's no alone. energy for that. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a couple things we're standing by, by the way, uh, for a an update out of... Somewhere in Texas, whether it's in Austin or in Schertz, which is just outside of San Antonio, there has been yet another package found at a FedEx facility outside of San Antonio. They're saying that there was one that exploded in the facility overnight, and now a sixth unexploded package has been found 
at that facility. We'll talk about that. They're expecting an update on that sometime soon. But we're going to start in Maryland. Yet another school shooting. Two students have been shot and injured. The gunman, a student, has been shot and killed. This was at Great Mills High School in southern Maryland this morning, just before 8 a.m. This is the way that it's supposed to happen when tragedy strikes the school. A school resource officer immediately engages the kid with the gun, shoots him. He fires back. The school resource uh, officer not injured, but he did what he, uh, I guess you could say, signed up to do. He pursued the shooter. They're saying engaged the shooter. His identity has not been released. It looks like the two students who were injured are a 14-year-old boy and 16-year-old girl. They're being treated at local hospitals. Uh, we are awaiting a press conference from there as well. Do you want to take this one? This one is in uh, Oh yeah, let's is, do that. Uh, in San Antonio, Texas. It's on Fox right now. Like the uh, the story is this uh, unexploded package yet another one found inside a mail sorting facility just outside of San Antonio. This is, this is Destiny a, uh, Winston, a senior police officer there. We have all of them on scene as a precautionary measure to ensure the community's safety. So again, we are still investigating this incident. Now, if you see anything out of the ordinary or anything suspicious, we are asking that you call 911 immediately. I don't have any further information to provide right now regarding the incident itself. Um, we are, again, currently investigating. I don't have information if there's any type of link. Again, we take these suspicious package calls very seriously. And so we ensure that we have all of our partners out here, including our bomb squad, our executive staff, just, again, as a precautionary measure. So as of right now, we don't have any type of link to say that this is, in fact, related to the San Antonio incident. Can you say we call the partners agreed that it was suspicious in some way, enough to call out the bomb squad? Any type of package or suspicious package call that we get right now as a department due to past events, we are taking very seriously. So we are going to investigate to our full ability. And that's why we have everyone out here right now, because we want to make sure the community's safe. Can you say who called it in and what made it what made it suspicious? Uh, I cannot provide the information on the caller at this point in time. I don't have the details on what exactly made the package uh, suspicious or what had it identified as a suspicious package. But again, as police officers or just as a department, when we receive any type of call like this, we make sure that we take all the necessary precautionary measures just to ensure the community's safety. You're asking the public to, you're asking the, you're asking the parking lot, is that going to happen? I'm sorry, what was that? We understand that they might detonate the package in the parking lot, is that going to happen? I don't have any information regarding any type of uh, detonation of any type of package. I'm trying to clarify this here in just a second. Um, Police in uh, a suburb of Austin, by the way, that uh, that officer is there speaking from the Austin Police Department, Officer Winston, Police in the southwest Austin suburb of Sunset Valley said that they think that the package that exploded near San Antonio was mailed or was shipped from their local FedEx office store. It's an area called uh, Sunset Valley, the Sunset Valley Shopping Center. an hour driving from Austin to Schertz, uh, north of San Antonio, where that was found. And they're saying that, that that package was also destined to go back to the Austin area, wherever the uh, the address was that it was going to go to. Uh, also, they said that they found a, a uh, what they believe was a suspicious package this morning 
at a similar sorting facility in southeast Austin near the airport there in Austin. So there's a couple of things going on. One was the package that exploded overnight in the FedEx sorting facility near San Antonio, just about an hour away from Austin, that was believed to have been shipped from Austin. And then this suspicious package now they're saying that there was found near the uh, the airport there in Austin at another sorting facility. So it, just strange in that all of this stuff is uh, is going on right now. But again, we'll come back. We'll bring you back up to date when it comes to the uh, the school shooting in Maryland and fill in some more of the details about what's going on with these suspicious packages and exploding packages in Texas. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. We're going to go live now to a news conference about the Maryland school shooting this morning that uh, left the shooter dead here. Electronic devices and all aspects of social media and social media traffic. The 14-year-old male student was transported to MedStar St. Mary's Hospital, is in stable condition there. The 16-year-old female student was transported to PG shock trauma, and she is in ICU with life-threatening critical injuries. I would ask that anyone that has any information, please call the hotline that's been established, 1-800-CALL-FBI. Now I'd like to introduce the governor of Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan. Governor, thank you. Well, thank you very much for being here today. Um, First of all, I want to thank Sheriff Tim Cameron and his incredible team at the St. Mary's County Sheriff's Department who uh, responded in an incredible way with the support of um, law enforcement agencies from neighboring jurisdictions in Calvert County and Charles County, together with state police, and we've got ATF and FBI here. This has been a terrific joint effort. I also want to thank all of the first responders who did an incredible job, and um, I think everybody went above and beyond the uh, call of duty in this particular incident. It's tragic. Um, our our hearts um, are broken, and we're extremely saddened. And our thoughts and prayers are always with um, the victims all of the students and their families. Um, you know, no parent should ever have to um, worry about when they send their kids off in the morning to school, whether they're going to come home safely or not. And uh, we need more than prayers. Um, I want to thank these first responders and law enforcement officers for the job they did, but we need more. We've got to take action. Um, we've got one of the um, most aggressive school safety plans in America that we introduced several weeks ago as emergency legislation in Annapolis. And the legislature failed to take action on it. We put $125 million into school safety, $50 million a year into additional school resource officers like the great deputy sheriff that saved further people from being uh, injured and killed today. Um, but not every school has that opportunity. Um, and uh, more, more, more mental health counselors. So it's a tragedy. We're going to continue to support law enforcement. Um, at every level, all of our first responders. We're going to be here for the community. Um, we're going to be here for the families and the children at Great Mills High School. Um, and we're going to try to get something done in Annapolis. We've only got uh, less than three weeks left in the legislative session. And to me, it's outrageous that we haven't taken action yet on something so important as school safety. But we're going to fight to make sure it gets done, and we hope you will help us do that. Thank you. Governor, uh, Gun uh, Rogers has been the top of your administration since you've been in office. Uh, what can you tell Marylanders to assure them that hopefully this will not happen again in a Maryland school? Well, I wish I could tell you that it's not going to happen again. Unfortunately, I you know, won't be able to give you that guarantee, but I know that we have legislation to make it tougher on anyone that commits a crime with a gun. 
I know we have uh, legislation to make it tougher and longer sentences for people that re are repeat violent offenders. Um, and we've got, uh, you know, I'm supporting legislation for the red flag legislation to take the guns out of the hands of the mentally ill or people that are having issues. Um, I've always said we've got to keep guns uh, out of the hands of the mental, mentally ill and people with uh, criminal records. Um, and we need these school safety resources. But it's going to take everybody working together because um, nobody should ever have to, another, no community should ever have to go through this again. Well, you know, we're just getting all the facts, but I had the opportunity to talk with Sheriff Cameron, and it sure sounds like this is exactly the way it should have been handled. Had a very capable school resources officer that also happened to be a SWAT team member. Uh, this is a tough guy who apparently uh, closed in very quickly and took the right kind of action. And, and I think uh, while there's, it's still tragic, he may have saved other people's lives. Um, so, sure. Excuse me, Dr. Smith, please. Yep. Thank you. I'd like to introduce Dr. Scott Smith, Superintendent for St. Mary's County Public Schools. Um, uh, it is fairly overwhelming, the response that we've had uh, as a result of the incident this morning. And it's wonderful to be joined by so many people and to really engage in this conversation. Uh, what we had this morning is truly our worst fear, our worst fear, our parents' worst fear. There's no way around it. Principal Heibel, who's over there, Dr. Heibel, he is not only the principal of the school, he's also a parent. We evacuated the kids from that school to Leonardtown High School, where I am a parent. We got contact from Choptecon High School, where Tim Cameron, Sheriff Cameron, is a parent. This is our greatest fear. And so today, it's in the sheriff's hands while we investigate, while we try to understand why, what happened, what happened, and to walk through the process. We evacuated almost 1,400 students from that school to Leonardtown. We are only halfway through the reunification process with their parents. I went and spoke to both groups, and I said, please be patient. This takes time. We have to check every one of your children to make sure that they are okay, to make sure that we have resources in place that when they get home, they know that they can reach out to somebody. This is just the beginning of a very long and tragic process that we will go through in St. Mary's County. And we have done all that we're supposed to do. We have a fantastic working relationship. We communicate often. It looks as though the SRO did exactly what the SRO is trained to do, and yet we still have tragic loss of life. We still have somebody in critical condition. And we have students at the school and staff at the school impacted. Dr. Smith, do you know when Great Mills High School will be opened up again? So I can tell you this. Um, we, you know, we've, we, all the students have been safely removed from Great Mills High School and they're be, being reunited with their parents. We hope that that's concluded within the next hour or two. We will then meet with staff at the school. We are definitely going to have Great Mills High School closed for tomorrow. We know we're also anticipating inclement weather, um, so that may impact as well. And then we'll get together to see um, whether or not we can reopen this week. I, we, we may be closed till the end of the week. We have to talk to the adults. We had several firsthand witnesses of the event. These were all children. Um, it is an exceptionally tragic day. It's an incredibly important conversation. I ask that we all stay informed. 
if you don't think this can't happen at your school, you are sadly mistaken. We are shaken, but we are very strong in St. Mary's. This is an incredible community. I know our parents will come together. I know our kids will come together. And hopefully, on the other side of this, be stronger and make good decisions to keep our kids safe every single day. Dr. Smith, All right, we've been hearing from school officials. Well, there you go. That was the uh, the update from Great Mills, Maryland, uh, at this uh, school shooting. Two students shot, including a 16-year-old girl in critical condition. The shooter is dead because the school resource officer was, it looks like, pretty immediately able to engage him. Aaron Katersky is reporting that authorities are investigating there whether a prior relationship motivated the shooter, who is said to be a 17-year-old um, boy, if it was a prior relationship, that was the M.O. here. There's also something significant about the um, this school specifically. There was one month ago, again, that would have been just a short time after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting in Parkland, Florida, one month ago that a threat to that high school had been circulating on Snapchat. They found it then to be unfounded. We don't know if there's any connection between that threat and this shooting today. We're going to hear a lot more details about the shooter, about his background, about what happened. And we're going to hear a lot more calls, like you heard from the governor there, on on legislators reacting to this. They do have a red flag piece of legislation that was actually introduced in that state legislature uh, weeks before what happened in Florida. He wants action on that. He also wants action on school safety measures, more money, more government money towards making these schools uh, uh, safer. All right, we'll come back. We'll reset these two big stories of the day, the shooting at the high school in Maryland and also the package bombs that have been exploding in Texas because we just got an update a few minutes ago as well. But first, an opportunity for you to win a thousand bucks. Here's how. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. And answer the phone. If you win, they will call you and let you know. But if you don't answer that phone, they'll give it away to somebody else. Don't forget, you got a chance to win 1000 bucks an hour all day, every day. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I'll give you Gary and Shannon, we will stay on top of all the developments out of the high school in Maryland where two students have been injured in a shooting. As we mentioned before the break, a school resource officer was able to engage the shooter, shoot and kill him, uh, actually. And uh, we've still got a girl in critical condition, though, so we'll keep an eye on all the updates out of there and, and what comes out about the shooter as well. But the story out of Austin keeps getting weirder and scarier. There is uh, a bomber on the loose in Boss, uh, in Austin, and we don't know exactly what's going on, if it's one person, if it's a couple of people copycatting each other. Police in southwest Austin now in a suburb called Sunset Valley say that a package that exploded overnight at a, sh- a sorting facility in San Antonio or near San Antonio was probably shipped from the Austin area with... The intention of it going back to the Austin area, but it's going to go through the sorting facility in uh, right near San Antonio. That's where it blew up at about 1230 local time. 
They said that it exploded on an automated conveyor belt at a FedEx ground facility about 60 miles south of Austin. And they're saying that there were there was one minor injury, what they called a percussive injury. Somebody's eardrums got popped uh, when this thing blew up. So that was this morning. The last attack before then was on Sunday, on Sunday in Austin. That was believed to be triggered by a tripwire injuring two men. That told investigators that they were not dealing with somebody who was targeting specific individuals the way that they thought this person was doing earlier on. Now, yeah. maybe that's just to throw them off. I don't know. But it seems more now after that tripwire attack that this is random. Yeah. And they were using the, the theory originally that because the the two people who were killed, a 17-year-old black kid and a 39-year-old black man, and then the people who were injured, it was a black woman and a Latino woman, that this may have been uh, racially motivated, that this whoever this was was targeting minorities. Now they have this idea that because of the tripwire attack from Sunday night, hurt a couple of white guys in a predominantly white neighborhood, that this is that random attack that they're going for. The question is, the, the device that exploded overnight near San Antonio in the FedEx facility and a second suspicious package that they've been working on near another sorting facility closer to the Austin airport if if this is something that is only going to get worse before it gets better. They have shut down the FedEx center as they are, as you can imagine, trying to figure out if there's any more uh, packages getting ready to explode. Here's how it all began. This was about 18 days ago, March 2nd, Friday. That's when a guy by the name of Anthony House, 39 years old, finds a package on his front porch as he's leaving his home in the northwest part of Austin. The package seemed to have been left overnight. He picks it up. It explodes. He dies from his wounds at a hospital. Ten days later, it's about the same time in the morning, about quarter to seven, when that 17-year-old kid brings a package left at his home into the kitchen to open it. Bomb inside explodes, killing the teenager, hurting mom. They say this kid, by the way, very gifted musician. That same day, Monday, March 12th, later on in the morning, about 10 minutes to noon, Esperanza Herrera, 75 years old, picks up a package outside her home in southeast Austin. Bomb inside explodes. She's critically injured. That same day is when people start to panic. They're connecting the dots. That's when the governor, Greg Abbott, goes on television and asks the public for information, which is a sign of desperation. (laughs) Please help us here. Yeah. He announced a 15000 reward. By the end of the next day, that reward had jumped to fifty grand. Plus, you had yesterday the governor authorizing the use of $265,000 from an emergency fund to buy portable X-ray machines that could be used to examine these suspicious packages that are going to be coming up. Uh, and then, of course, early this morning, San Antonio time, this explosion goes off. I mentioned one suspicious package near the airport in Austin that they're looking at. Now they're saying that there is yet another second suspicious package found at that FedEx facility in Shirts, Texas, which is near San Antonio. So they have a lot, a lot of work going on. Um, the president has finally said that this is uh, this is untenable, that we've got to make sure that we find out whoever is doing this. And uh, once again, the criticism has come out that had the uh, original uh, victim in this case, a 39 year old man, had he been white, that the FBI would have been the FBI was there the next day. I mean, it's not it's not a racial mo. The FBI doesn't get into racial motivations. 
if someone is attacked with a package bomb, the FBI is going to be involved, period. Now the fact that we have four bombs that have gone off and the are five bombs now because you've got the one that, that exploded this morning – the there are thousands of law enforcement officers from the federal from the FBI to the ATF, Texas Rangers, all of these local police agencies that are now involved, all of them investigating this thing. Investigators, as we mentioned, have closed off that Austin area FedEx store from where officials say the two package bombs were sent to that, that sorting place in San Antonio. Police there say they've responded just in Austin to more than twelve hundred calls in the last two weeks worried about from people excuse me worried that packages sent to their home could be bombs so think about that not it's like you got to triage the calls about the packages right you've got some people calling in hey i've got this guy i work with gary hoffman he's unhinged i think i've seen him in the mailroom i you know you've got those calls a see something say something call and then you've got all the people that are stressed out amazon's just delivered a package and is it safe how do i know if this you know, you can understand or, the fear and anxiety that would grip you if you were in the area and a package shows up on your doorstep. And how about this? That where the package exploded on Sunday night, that area called Travis Country, that place was on lo- like the entire neighborhood was on lockdown. And if you had to leave your house, you had to call 911 to be escorted out of your own house. Wow. That's incredible. That's terrifying. I've never heard of that before. That's I've never heard of that. All right, we come back. We're going to get into um, uh, just a quick update on the story out of the Maryland high school shooting, but also the Uber car that killed a woman in Tempe, Arizona. Maybe the car had nothing to do with it. And the cutest thing about one of the sad things this morning, Justin Turner's broken wrist, but it comes with a huge dose of cuteness when we come back. Is that because his... Girlfriend, or was it girlfriend, his wife? Wife. She ran the marathon. Courtney with a K? Yeah. No, this is about a baby that's not theirs. Oh. Oh. Don't worry, it doesn't get weird. They don't, like, steal a baby or anything. Oh. All right, well, I can't wait for the explanation. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, we'll come back. You know you can't keep the ground from shaking. No matter how hard you try, you can't keep the sunsets from fading. Gary and Shannon, hey, coming up after Monica's news at the top of the hour, we've got kind of a health, a health desk to get to. Jerry Brown is sounding, you know, I know we joke about it. Oh, he sounds so unhinged. He legitimately sounds unhinged. Like, I'm concerned. So we're going to do a health do update. A gas welfare check? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two of the big stories that we're following today, the uh, shooting at the high school in Maryland. Two students have been shot and injured, and the shooter was shot and killed by a school resource officer early this morning. Uh, no real updates on anybody's condition yet other than uh, that we believe the uh, 14-year-old boy who was shot is said to be stable and that the girl may be in more critical condition. Uh, and then the other story out of Texas, these uh, package bombs that have continued to blow up. One early this morning at a FedEx for, uh, sorting facility just outside of San Antonio had been shipped from Austin and would be going back to Austin to some address. And uh, there's a couple other suspicious packages. I would imagine that they're probably going to deal with probably dozens of suspicious packages today. An update on a story that we covered over the weekend. The self-driving Uber car hit and killing a woman in Arizona. You know, when I was in Houston, I got into an Uber car driven by a nice lady named Glenda. Glenda had to be 70 or above. 
and I was worried about Glenda driving for Uber. And I said to her, don't you ever worry about who's going to get in your car? You know, she's a senior citizen lady and all that. And she said, uh, no, I don't. I only drive during the day. And I said, that's great. I said, because sometimes I get in an Uber car and I've got questions about the driver. She said, well, we, they do a really good job of background checking us. And I said, okay. And that made me feel good until I read this. <laughs> This update on the female driver who was in control of that self-driving Uber when it hit and killed a homeless woman there in Arizona. Well, now, define in control. She was in the driver's seat. Right. It was in self-driving mode. Um, She was supposed to act as a safety driver and take control of the vehicle if anything went wrong. She says that this woman stepped out in front of her with a bicycle carrying multiple shopping bags and that she had no time to brake before the car hit her. And I can understand that. That could happen in a a car that's not self-driving. You just, you don't have time to react. Right. Um, But listen to this Uber driver. Her name's Rafaela Vasquez. She's 44. She spent four years in prison for armed robbery and falsifying documents, but was hired by Uber anyway. Does that give you a pause right there? It should. Do you want someone driving you around who spent four years in prison for armed robbery? That well, should be that should be one of the things where you don't get to drive for Uber. Well, if that happened, it, the Uber got in trouble for this recently for for hiring felons. In fact, the the Colorado Public Utilities Commission fined Uber almost nine million dollars after they figured out that they had hired sixty drivers with uh, previous felony convictions. If if Uber is fine with that, if Uber the corporation is okay with hiring people as felons to be drivers then there's got to be some sort of a notification or or a, perhaps a box that you can check on the app that yeah. says, I'd prefer not to have a felon drive me. I'll wait the extra two minutes for the other guy to come on the opposite side of I-5 all the way over here to pick me up because he doesn't have a felony record. There's got to be that. I mean, that would make more sense. She was traveling at 40 miles per hour at the time, well within the 45 mile per hour speed limit. And just says there was nothing that that I could do. It was just, there's no way I was going to be able to uh, stop that quickly. Now, there's the the homeless woman who was hit and the woman who was driving. And I've got both of their mug shots here. And? No, that's, those, that's the same woman. No. Yeah. That's the same woman? Yeah, oh, yeah. Homelessness will be rough. Rougher than this? Yeah. This is pretty rough. She's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it just dour, kind of downturned uh, smile that you know it started. It started the the conversation of you know California wanted Uber cars, right? Self driving Uber cars, and said, all right, but you've got to go through X, Y, and Z hoops to have your self driving cars on the road in California. Uber said, screw you. We're going to Arizona, where there are no regulations. You can do anything. You can ride a unicorn on the the highway, whatever you want to do. I don't have a problem with Uber pulling all their cars off the streets, by the way. I mean, these these self-driving, semi-autonomous vehicles in Scottsdale and Tempe, I don't have a problem with them. they got to figure out exactly what happened. They can go through. I mean, these cars, not only are they self-driving because it's in a test mode, it's recording every single data point for, I mean, all day. It's just downloading all kinds of information into computers to make sure that they can refine their system so that stuff like this doesn't happen again. But there are things that are just simply going to be unavoidable, and it appears that this is one of them. And will Uber be held liable for the uh, homeless woman's murder? Or not murder, but death. Um, do, does do, and, and because she was homeless, how much, not to be crude, but legally, 
How much is that worth? And then where does her money go to? I don't know. I mean, are there relatives of the homeless woman that are going to stand up and raise their hands and sue Uber and say, you killed my mother? Potentially, but Uber could be able to prove and just say it's it's just an accident. It'll be fun to watch that legal case play out if that's the case. I wonder if they have like a self-driving lawyer. No, that's not a thing. Yeah, no, they can wheel a robot in there and have the robot argue in defense of the car. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Okay. All right. Coming up next, we'll you check. Tell your, everybody about the baby. Check your health. Oh, or you want to do that baby. next? We'll do, we'll tell about the baby coming up next. Okay. Justin Turner, his wife, and a baby. Well, it's not their baby. Well, I know that now, but I thought it was. At this point, it's not their baby. <laughs> At this point, Gary and Shannon will continue. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bad news everyone woke up to this morning in Dodgerland is Justin Turner was hit by a pitch and has a broken left wrist. He will be out way past opening day. Who's going to play third, Blake? Um, well, I guess that I've heard Vasse discussing that part of the question about the last bench spot was if Kyle Farmer was going to make it or not. He plays third base as well. So does Kike, uh, Logan Forsyth can probably slide over there. So they have a few different options if people can go. Okay. But we do have an update on his injury. Tell me more. Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner will not need surgery on broken left wrist. He'll be in a brace for a few days and begin range of motion exercises. So That's excellent. Sounds like best case scenario. Really That's great. That. Good news. Uh, somebody's got to tell that baby. Somebody's got to tell that baby the good news. Blake, you got to get that baby on the horn. There was a baby that was very upset upon hearing this news. We're tracking down his number. <laughs> We've put the baby up on our website at Gary and Shannon. He's, Does he want to kiss He it wants or to something? kiss the boo-boo. Can I go hurt? Who got hurt? This is Tim got hurt. What do you want to do? I have to kiss his boo-boo. You have to kiss his boo-boo? Uh, I see the TV. This is Tim got hurt. Justin Turner got hurt. Isn't this yeah, the sweetest? I'm going to see it on the TV. You want to uh, go see it on the TV? Yeah. Yeah. We got to go kiss his boo-boo, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Justin Turner tweets the baby. Well, not really the baby. The baby can't tweet, guys. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, but tweets the dad that he'd get him uh, tickets to his first game back. So check out, it's even cuter in the video at Gary and Shannon uh, at KFIAM640.com. What's going on with, what's going on with Jerry Brown? We need to talk about this because it's like, it's getting to the point. Is this where we have the awkward conversation about dad? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. So here's what precipitated our feelings on this. Governor Jerry Brown was in Sacramento at a hotel, but you could put him in a bed if you want to, for sake of <laughs> this making more sense. For the for the mind game that you're playing right now, for the, this mental theater that you're about to partake in. It was a 15-minute speech, because that's really all he's been green-lighted for. A 15-minute speech at, <laughs> to California labor leaders at this hotel in Sacramento. He was talking about high-speed rail. 
which has a newly escalated cost of $77.3 billion to connect L.A. and San Francisco. And he says, I can't say that word on the radio, can I? No, you can't. Oh, okay. Well, he started to swear about it. It's BS is what he said. But he's the governor, and he said the whole thing. He said the whole thing. Because he knew he didn't have to worry about it, which I guess... It's good enough for... Hell, it's good enough for government work. (laughs) He said, I'm so tired of all the nonsense that I read in the paper and you hear from other politicians. We can do it if we have the imagination, if we have the will. Time out! Yeah, I know. It's not how it works, is it, Gary? We can do it if we have the imagination. This is romper room stuff. Or or hospital bed stuff. Exactly. He's an imagineer. We can do it if we have the imagination. That's not how things work when you build them. You have to have money. Things have to make sense. So he says, we can do it if we have the imagination, if we have the will, and we don't let these small-minded people intimidate us into lowering our expectations. I'm out! Yes, he just adjusted his robe. Jerry. I think it's time to let go. It gets worse. High-speed rail is affordable housing. (laughs) All right, let's pull, Wait, the, let's pull the car over what? right there. Before you pull the car over, I want to shut it off and just drive it into a bridge abutment. <laughs> I know, but we can't. Uh, because I'll tell you when we can drive into a wall, but it's not now. All right. Let's just unpack that for a second. Yes. This quote, high-speed rail is affordable housing. That's really rich coming from the governor of California that is in an affordable housing crisis. I mean, millionaires can't afford to live in the Bay Area. There's not enough housing for people that have the money. It's a disaster. You are not the affordable housing guru. You're sucking at that. You're sucking at affordable housing. So, so, so to put high-speed rail on the, plat, uh, on the same pedestal as affordable housing is, is, is holding up two big failures of yours. So he's, he's suggesting that you could live in, in Madera Or Madera. Madera is beautiful this Take time of year. the train for four hours to work in Burbank. And How then get that? back on the train to go to... So my commute time would only be eight hours a day. All right. Now, first of all, let, let me say... Elon, oh, and it would cost me $60 each way. Each way, right. Yeah. Each so this, day, this makes This way. sounds so affordable. So if Elon Musk is out there and says something like, we can do it if we have the imagination, it's totally believable. That guy has challenged his employees. He's challenged other companies to do things that we thought were completely ridiculous and out of this world impossible. And he's done them, right? Mm-hmm. Jerry Brown, though, is clearly has delusions of being a giant rich entrepreneur mm-hmm. entrepreneur and has the constraint of state government in California. I think you get that a lot with the Democrats in California. Like Gavin Newsom seems to be of that ilk as well. Just just willing Viragos to is not smart enough to be an imagineer, uh, but I'm sure he would be like that as well. It's just weird. They, they fancy themselves as like Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're absolutely right about that. They kind of fancy themselves in those circles. And that's not what that is. Well, Jerry Brown won this whole thing with high speed rail. I mean, his idea that this is a multi billion dollar plan, then he gets to play with 
See, Elon, the difference between Jerry Brown and Elon Musk, that's Elon Musk's money. Right. That's his money. Right. Elon Musk isn't taking that money out of our pockets and then playing unicorn land with it. I mean, it. he is, but we're voluntarily giving it right. to him. That's I different. have to give my money to Jerry Brown. Right. Isn't that scary? Uh, all right. Here's the money quote. Could I live on the train? Would that be high-speed rail is affordable housing? I don't think that that is sustainable for your family. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Here's the money quote. People say, how are you going to fund the railroad? I'll tell you how we're going to fund the railroad. We're going to take back the Congress, and then a Democratic Congress is going to put the high-speed rail in the infrastructure bill, and we'll get that trillion dollars. Okay. I'm going to pull the car over before we smash we into the button. We haven't gone anywhere. Really quick. Okay. He he said, we're going to get that trillion dollars. Yeah. Does he understand how math works? The ridiculous price tag on the train right now is 70, a little bit more, 77 billion and change. Well, I think it's A trillion time... dollars is a thousand times. Let's, it's not 77. Let's like, do, he doesn't moments. even He doesn't even know about... He doesn't care about money so much that he's doing, like, Dr. Evil, $1 trillion, finger in the mouth stuff right now. That's how out of touch he is with with common sense. Then let's send him on his way. No, we can't do that. No, no, let's just say it's okay. Jerry, it's okay. You know, I don't think you need to touch him on the robe right there. I shouldn't have touched him. That's an exposed area of his body. Um, It's okay to let go. Mm Mm-hmm. Things are confusing. You might even be in a little bit of pain. It hurts when you say things like, that's BS and high-speed rail is affordable housing. <laughs> you can see the light. Don't know. We're not setting up to the light. I don't want to kill the guy. I'm I just saying like it's okay if he does. I don't want blood does. on my hands. No, no. I'm not. I just want him to retire and go live in a place where he can paint pictures of unicorns on trains. It's okay to retire. You want to use that yeah. term. Go to the light. No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. We're not going to the light. Go to the light. We're not, we're not studying. All right. Coming up next, your chance to win $1,000. Brought, brought to you by Cunning Dental. Bleeding, nasty-ass gums. Call Cunning Dental. Well, Nick told me to call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Uh, people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Monica Rick says the news. I hooked up with... No. California's I- iconic salmon runs. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible intro. You got a little, you can use much more. Gary Shannon. Hey, well, look at that. What, the unicorn cereal? No, not that. Oh, the $1,000. Yeah, right under the unicorn cereal. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Hey, it is Twitter Tuesday, and we're doing special for uh, something special for Twitter Tuesday today. Because Michelle left us this unicorn cereal in the office. What? The Lucky Charms one? Um, no, it's, no, it's like, like you know what? It's kind of like Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms made a baby. Oh, because it tastes like the marshmallows and Lucky Charms, but as Fruit Loops. If that makes any sense. The good that news doesn't... is there's absolutely no sugar in it. <laughs> yeah, not not even a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the fun things about the unicorn cereal is on the side panel it has a little key where you can find out what your unicorn name is. 
So you get the first letter of your name, and Monica. then you add the month you were born, what? and you get your unicorn name. Monica, what month were you born? April. In? April. Okay, so I go down, I find M. You are Violet Nimble Flower. I <laughs> Violet <laughs> Nimble Flower. Okay. Gary is yes. Twilight Crystal Dazzler. I love that. I love that. Blake yeah. is <laughs> Lemonade Starshine Blazer. That's great. Lemonade? <laughs> Starshine Blazer. <laughs> Nick is. I think it's pretty accurate. When's your birthday again, Nick? I'm sorry. December. I need to learn that. Confetti Frostfire. <laughs> That's great. That's that sounds like a superhero name. Monica's is the only one that, like, legitimately all the way through makes sense. What? I think my. Violet, what was that? Violet my... Nimble Flower. That's like yeah. a description of a flower. You just said a unicorn name makes sense. Yes. Let's see. Tom right. Tom hit us up uh, on Twitter, Gary and Shannon. Let's see. Tom, June. Okay, Tom, ready? You are Duchess Cloud Jumper. Oh. <laughs> Shannon, what's yours? Well, Jim on Twitter says my unicorn name is Wipey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke from when we filled in for Handle. But mine is... Fancy raindrop mist. I like. <laughs> uh, let's Sounds see. Good. August. These are all great. They're all just Burning Man nicknames. Is yes. All yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, let's see. Autumn, yours is Mystic Spirit Dancer. Ooh. Anyway, so if you want to know what your unicorn name is, yeah. let us know. Tweet us your first name and the month of your birth. Oh you don't have God. to get too personal. And then we'll tell you what your unicorn name is. I love that. You don't have to get too personal. Well... You know, I don't want anybody given there. If you get too specific, don't it, give us your social security number. Yeah, okay. we'll take your bank account and routing number as well. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great idea. Charles Manson. Did you see the pictures? TMZ had pictures of it. Uh, Googling? Yeah, TMZ had pictures of uh, Charles Arita. Manson's uh, memorial service at a funeral home in Porterville on Saturday. And it was, I. I mean this in a deadly serious way, pardon the pun. I've been to open casket funerals that should not have been open casket funerals. Um, this was probably the most egregious I've seen in that Charles Manson died four and a half months ago. Oh, boy. Oh, and boy. literally just kept him in a freezer for a while, which doesn't stop... The disintegration of human tissue. The skin is very gray. gray. That's after the makeup. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you can tell on his hands there, those are gloves. Those are not his hands. Now, I don't know who the funeral home worker was that had to dress him and prepare him for an open casket funeral. But holy mackerel, that holy guy earned his, you were, earned his money that day. You were saying you heard Jane talk about the uh, funeral pamphlet? Yes. Yeah, there are quotes from the Bible. Listen to this one. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. Yeah. Strengtheneth me. Strengtheneth me. Yep. Philippians? Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. Wow, did you just... Wait, are you one of those people that I can say a quote from the Bible... And you know where it's from? Sure. All right, let's try this other one. It's misspelled. Greater. Philippians? Philippians misspelled in his pamphlet. Well, how about this one, Hoffman? <laughs> Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. Wow. 
that is a special gift you have. I, I think am, Charles Manson had the same gift. I am wildly impressed. Why did why does Charles Manson get to have Bible biblical quotes? Uh, I think it was a uh, like Jane said last night. I think it was a it's probably a menu thing. Yeah, like you well, go I to think, the funeral home you know and they're I like, God we'll put his comes name on there. down at that point and like comes back to earth. Yeah. Jesus comes back right. on this day. High speed rail. And is like, wait a minute. You're putting quotes from my father in Charles Manson's funeral pamphlet. No, 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 no. We're done here. And then. Wipes his hands clean. Of and then the apocalypse. It's possible. Very possible. We come back. Uh, a sad story out of Orange County. And it's a story that uh, I think is it needs to be talked about. It's. Pressures on teenagers. There was a 16-year-old kid who committed suicide and wrote about the pressures that he said he was feeling as a result of school. And we'll explain when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Mm -hmm. That's her. Gary and Shannon, on this uh, Tuesday, March 20th, we still have a lot going on throughout the country today. The uh, armed student that went onto a campus in Maryland shot two classmates and injured them and then was shot and killed by a school resource officer, uh, apparently within a minute of committing the original shooting. Uh, it turns out that uh, there was probably some sort of a previous relationship that prompted all of this. That's the uh, That's the early reporting out of it. Also, the bombings in Texas continue. There was another bomb that went off very early this morning. San Antonio Police Department now says its police chief was mistaken when he said investigators found a second package bomb that had not detonated at the FedEx distribution center. The department said in a news release just uh, moments ago that the chief misspoke at a news conference earlier today and that there was only one package bomb at the Schertz facility, uh, the one that did explode. There is a uh, story that has been increasing, unfortunately, in frequency, and it's the story of suicides among what otherwise would be considered successful, popular, well-behaved, well-adjusted kids. There was a story locally out out of Orange County, Corona Del Mar, to be exact, and the Orange County Register detailed uh, the story uh, of this kid, Patrick, known as Patty to his family, 16 years old, uh, who took his life about two months ago. And they published the suicide notes. And he was very specific about why he was doing this. These letters are very hard to read. I mean, in terms of having a high school kid right now or just remembering time in high school, um, These letters are not to anyone in particular. Uh, He actually offered them to whoever reads them. It wasn't necessarily directed at his family or uh, his administrators at school or anything or friends. But all of them are addressed in, in these letters. He said in one of these letters, 
the ongoing stress put on at CDM has been inescapable, Corona Del Mar High School. Putting this much pressure on me has caused me to do what I do. There are things that the administrators are completely blind to. And then he goes through a a list. He says, "A, a handful of the problems I've had this year are teacher giving us worksheets, then not teaching while the whole class messes around. Having a teacher tell me that there will be something on the final that we have not learned and will not learn. Having things on prior tests that we have either not learned or barely gone over at all. And a mean teacher who made every day I had with this teacher something I dreaded to, especially want to emphasize the rudeness this teacher showed to us students. This teacher was beyond strict. To the teachers who enjoyed their job and who I felt valued, thank you, thank you for being positive influence on my, my, uh, my life and making it a little better. I hope you'll understand what I'm trying to convey to you. The stress put on me has led me to this point. And then he, he ends it with a command, make changes and then signs it Patrick Turner. This is one of those kids who should be happy, as the Orange County Register writer David Whiting points out. Happy and alive as you read his column. Uh, he was a sophomore with great grades, A's and B's. He was a great-looking kid, blonde hair, great smile. He had natural athleticism. He was in love with baseball and football. He was great at them. He was also great at snowboarding, skiing. He had a good balance in life. He liked those dumb videos. He liked to goof around with his friends. He was the kind of kid everyone liked. He was a hugger. He told his friends he loved him. He would make sandwiches for the homeless. He would help out people. This is not the kid who you'd be worried about. This is not the kid who you would have a red flag for. Maybe the kid who stays in his room all the time, who doesn't have any friends, who is sullen, who... It's just not that kid, right? And in, in, in the other letter, he goes on to talk more about how it's this pressure to be perfect. It's all about who's got the 4.0s, who's got the admission into the better college. It's all about whose kids are the best. And, and parents are playing a role in this, too, according to his letter. Well, it's – and when you add to it the the – Um, As David Whiting puts it, the dark side of technology. It's so easy now for people to be so up in each other's business or, like you said, the parents showing off their kids' uh, achievements, which you shouldn't be ashamed of, but you've got to give your own kids the tools to deal with seeing somebody else succeed, you know, and not, not being jealous or feel pressure to do that same thing. This second letter is is longer, and it deals uh, in a more general sense with some of the pressure that Patrick says he felt. I really didn't want it to come down to this, but it was something that I felt I had to do. And I'm assuming he's talking about killing himself. Living in Newport Beach is like living in a bubble. So much pressure is put on kids to do good, and a lot of kids make mistakes. One slip-up makes a kid feel like the smallest person in the world. You're looked at as a loser if you don't go to college or if you get a certain GPA or test score, all anyone talks about is how great they are, how great their kid is. It's all about how great I am. It's never about the other kid. The kid who maybe does not play a sport, have a 4.0 GPA, but displays great character. People don't understand how to be selfless. If failure happens, it's something like not going to college or not getting an A in class or on a test. Nobody seems to understand. They only see people on the outside. To me, the school of Corona Del Mar is not a public school. It's treated like a private school. So much pressure is placed on the students to do well, and I couldn't do it anymore. 
There's never a moment to break. Finals have pressured me immensely along with a lot of other people. I want you to know that my parents were not the reason for this. My parents actually don't put almost any stress on me at all. It is purely the school. Nobody can understand what people might be going through. Be nice to everyone and most importantly, be inclusive. If there's a kid out there who's alone, it never hurts to sit with them or ask them how they're doing. I never liked CDM, Corona Del Mar. The only thing that brought joy to my school life was playing baseball and football. Coach O'Shea and Coach Hedig, you've truly done something special. Don't stop. Keep winning championships and kicking ass. Coach Emmy playing baseball gave me the most joy I've ever had. Baseball was a daily relaxing time where I could just go out and have fun with my friends. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Live and play every day like it's your last because you never know when you'll be done forever. Thanks for all the memories. And then signed it, Patrick Turner. Dad had a eulogy at Patty's funeral. And we want to read it to you when we come back because it's powerful, as is the letter that the Newport Harbor High principal sent out after Patrick made that call for change before he killed himself. We'll get to that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Talking about the suicide of 16-year-old Patrick Turner. His suicide letters, if you could call them out, uh, letters to his family, and a lot of love, a lot of thank yous, like you were saying it ends with have fun, live life like there is no tomorrow. He called for compassion more than anything, as the OC Register points out. During his dad's eulogy, his dad uh, goes by JT. His dad's standing up there. After I can't imagine the kind of pain that goes on, you lose a child and you lose a child to suicide. And he says to the crowd, look in the mirror, look at your hearts, stop keeping score, stop racing each other, stop making it about yourself, slow down, have a conversation. The Newport Harbor High principal, Scott Bolton, sent a letter to all his students following the publication of, of Patrick's letters. And he wrote to his students, this competitive culture has significantly impacted our young adults. We endlessly discuss test scores, national merit scholarships, reading scores, AP scholars, comparisons to other school districts, and this is when we start losing our collective souls and our children. We think that earning a C grade in a class is the end of the world. We don't allow our students to advocate for themselves. Now, Patrick's letters have become something of uh, a national phenomenon, if you want to call it that. They've gone viral, and a lot of people have been writing columns about it. In the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Maureen Downey wrote, the release of Patrick's letters are spurring a national conversation on whether we expect too much of kids, especially in affluent and highly educated communities. And... I mean, to go back to what Patrick himself wrote, it's never about the other kid, the kid maybe who doesn't play a sport or have a 4.0 GPA but displays great character. Um, I've I've seen this in my own kids having to deal with one of those areas that is uh, affluent, it is highly educated, and it's a school where the expectation is you're going to go to a four-year school after you graduate. Because everybody there, no, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people there have the 
financial wherewithal to go to a school, whichever one they choose. And that's the track that the high schools take now is the assumption that everyone is going to go to a four-year college. And that's not the case. It doesn't even have to be that you are, uh, you know, that you have the greatest grades and you want to go to a four-year school. My son, for example, had fantastic grades. He didn't want to go to a four-year school. But as early as late freshman year into a sophomore year, there was pressure from the school, from friends, about whether or not you, which school are you going to go to? Which school are you going to go to? And we saw that as parents and took our foot off the gas early on and said, listen, you, you can do what you want. You, you know, you make a choice. You do what it is that you want to do. But I can absolutely see why this kid, why, why Patrick felt like sports was his outlet. I mean, he talked about the great experience that he had playing football and baseball, and that's the only thing he liked about school. But that academically, the pressure to perform is far and above anything you and I ever experienced. It's just worth a conversation about knowing where these kids are psychologically in their lives and what kind of pressure they can take and what is too much. Right, because you you and different kids react different ways. Some kids want you or some kids may need you to have a little bit of pressure on them. They, they need to know that you have certain expectations about how they use the abilities that you have been given uh, how or that they have been given. Yeah. And how they use the parents as a resource or grandparents as a resource or whoever it is they need as a resource in terms of how to learn to study stuff, simple stuff like that. But that there is a point where regardless of how driven that kid is and how well they react to that kind of pressure, there is a point where it is too much. And it has been ratcheted up since we were kids in terms of expecting kids to do more and spending more time with your kids and being a helicopter parent because and then that means that your kid will do better and you'll spend more time with your kids than your parents did maybe. But that coupled with, you know, and, and the, the, the anecdotal example that pops into my mind is kids learning, learning Mandarin, <laughs> right. you know what I mean, um, to get ahead and... Uh, that I think coupled with, and I don't think you can ignore this aspect of it, social media and the pressure that that, the additional pressure that that puts on a kid. Yeah, because we never had to deal with any of that. No. Oh God. We knew in our close circle of friends who was going and who wasn't, who was going to a four-year college and who wasn't and why they were going to a four-year college or they weren't and which ones they were going to and which ones they weren't. We all knew that. We didn't know the extended family. We didn't have anything like a signing day where the the high school quarterback signed to go to, I don't know, UCLA or Fresno State or something like. We didn't have any of that stuff. I don't even think, I don't know anybody in my high school class that ever went on to play sports in college. But I guarantee you that everyone knows in their senior class today who has a scholarship, who's been recruited, because they share it on social media and see that stuff. I think because of social media, you are more concerned about everybody else You're because you're inundated with everybody else's successes. Because remember, people aren't posting the worst days of their lives on social media. So if you're a kid, you're seeing the success or you're seeing how well-liked somebody else is, and you're constantly getting yeah. that message along with the pre- the normal pressures of it, college and work. your reaction is always man I wish it was that guy I wish it was that girl not whew, it's a good thing I'm not that guy yeah what a crappy day he had look here's a picture of my car accident car was on fire this morning 
Nobody posts that. Well, that's why sometimes when I'm at the video poker bar, I will post a, a hand like a two, three, seven, uh, I don't know, non-straight mush of cards. Just to let you know, Gary, that not every post needs to be great. I, I mean, that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you Gary. I meant to call you Twilight Crystal Dazzler. Because it is Twitter Tuesday, and we are giving you your unicorn name on this Twitter Tuesday at Gary and Shannon. When we come back. I was just looking, by the way, I was just looking at your Twitter feed. Yeah. If people don't know exactly what you're talking about, they're going to think you guys are on acid. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> and that's a problem because? Oh, okay. Uh, we'll, Tuesday. We'll do all of our trending <laughs> stories. Also, one of the creepiest things I've seen in a long time. Ouch. A doll. No, not you. Oh. A doll that watches you. And they found him in a cemetery. Hard pass. I'll explain explain when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Coming up at 1230, we dive back into Swamp Watch. Looks like the president tried to convince Vanessa Trump not to divorce his son. Also, a lawyer they're hoping to get on Team Trump and why I don't think that's ever going to happen. David writes in, David, your unicorn name is Rainbow Featherwind. Aaron, your unicorn name is... Princess Snowflake Dream. Ooh, Susan's got a good one. Susan's Susan's unicorn name is Fancy Frostfire. Yes. That, I love that one. That is a good one. Fancy Frostfire. Uh, just let us know your first name and your month of birth. For example, Jenny. Jenny is a sister of mine. She is Sunbeam Crystal Dazzler. I think that's important to keep that in mind. Who's related to who? Yeah, I haven't found anyone uh, related to me yet. What about Sherry? Sherry's name? Did you do just did you do Sherry? There's no July so far. Moonbeam. So nobody else ends with with uh, with raindrop mist. Moonbeam Moon Clover is, is oh, that's Sherry's. That's very good. That's very a good. Good one. When the uh, one o'clock hour rolls around, we're going to get updates on a couple of big stories uh, from today: the uh, story out of Maryland, the school shooting, and then also the bombs in Texas. We'll talk about that with couple of reporters, Andy Field and Jim Ryan. Uh, but we start with a bunch of other stuff that's going on. Time for What's Happening. We are learning more about what happened in that high school this morning, just before 8 a.m. Southeast Maryland, when a student opened fire with a gun, striking at least one classmate before being shot by a school safety officer. The shooter's been named now as Austin Rowland, 17 years old, whipped out a handgun inside Great Mills High shoots a 16-year-old girl whom he possibly had a relationship with, according to law enforcement. A 14-year-old boy also shot, unclear if he was collateral damage. Not sure who shot him. Uh, Blaine Gaskill is the resource officer that was on the scene. He rushed to the hallway where the shooter was, and the two fired a single shot at each other. His bullet took Rollins out. If you want to see the picture of Blaine Gaskill... You look at this school resource officer and you know 
You do not mess with this person. You're going to need a wide screen to check this guy out. He is built like a brick um, place. You don't want to mess with those eyes. You look into those eyes and you know that not on his watch. That story out of Texas, a package bomb believed to be linked to these bombings in Austin exploded early in uh, this morning inside a FedEx distribution center near San Antonio. What they said was, right when we started the show, it looks like that package in San Antonio was delivered from a FedEx office store just outside of Austin. So it was sent in Austin down to San Antonio for processing to an address that would have been back in Austin. So uh, just an ad uh, to add strangeness to all of this, they said that it was uh, uh, a... a bomb that went off while that package was on a conveyor belt in the sorting facility near San Antonio. No one was around. I think the closest person to it suffered uh, some damage to her hearing, to her ears. But other than that, nobody was around to catch any of the shrapnel. A lot of rain moving into Southern California. The first part hit in Santa Barbara, Ventura counties early this morning. A burn area is a concern, obviously. It's going to get heavier tomorrow. The heaviest downpours are likely, they say, Thursday, and the rain expected to continue at least until Friday morning. Uh, They say L.A. and Orange County should get one to two inches, possibly two to four on Thursdays. On Thursday, excuse me. Do you realize you, you could get five inches of rain by Friday? I could get. You. Like, you could stand out there looking at the rain. Don't do it. That's true. Because I've seen chickens drown that way. I still have sandbags up in the backyard. From, uh, what, three, four years ago? Leave them. I know. That's the thing. Every time I'm ready to pull them out, we get another uh, storm that is just heavy real quick. Yeah. You know, it it rains four days a year here, but on those four days, hell hath no fury. Uh, There is a story. I vaguely remember there uh, there being allusions to a gingerbread house, a gingerbread tree house in the Snoqualmie Forest up in, in Washington State. And this story is trending today because a Department of Natural Resources worker found it. And guess what was inside the gingerbread treehouse? The wolf. No. Well, The yes. Wicked Witch? Both. Ansel and Gretel. Daniel Wood is his name. A treehouse built by Daniel Wood? Lined with child porn. Oh. Oh. The... Walls inside the treat house treehouse had a bunch of framed pictures of young naked girls. Also an envelope with pictures of naked and scantily clad underage girls appeared to be as young as eight. The search and rescue volunteer uh, knew the area well, told investigators he had come across that cabin several times and that he had seen a Toyota FJ Cruiser park nearby. And he just happened to have the license plate number for that car. So that's how they found this Daniel Wood guy who is apparently stocking the place full of child pornography. Good Lord. Mm. Well, one of the craziest things that's happened, for some reason we're getting a a glut of dogs on airline stories lately. An an Idaho man says his new eight-week-old puppy appears to be happy and healthy despite being flown across the country to the wrong airport. I wonder how much this happens, but it's just making the news now because it's the in vogue story. thing. Uh, terror in the skies when it happens to pets. I wonder how often this would go on and it just never rose to the, the level of news. It's possible. This dog left Richmond, Virginia, was due to fly into Boise, Idaho on Saturday night 
After connecting in Detroit and Minneapolis. That's, that's too many long, stops. Come on. That's too many stops. Poor dog. Delta says there was a mix-up somewhere between Richmond and Boise, Idaho. Duh. And that he actually showed up. This guy, showed John Schlake, showed up to the airport and got the wrong puppy. <laughs> so somebody else also has a story about, I showed up to the airport and somebody else had my puppy. United update, by the way. United says it's suspending its program that transports pets in cargo holds after the fiasco that killed Kukito. It's pet safe program. We'll stop accepting new reservations. Uh, And then finally, for all you Sex in the City uh, fans, it looks like Cynthia Nixon is going to run for governor of the state of New York. Ugh. What? Who is she? Miranda. Did anybody ever like her? I liked Miranda. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had my issues with her. I didn't think she was she was perfect, but I liked that she was kick ass at work Hmm. and her firm. I don't know. I didn't like her outfits. The former city. <laughs> and I knew that she was gay. That was the other thing. It's like she plays a straight woman in the show. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not the way that you live. <laughs> you know, and it's it's not be- as believable a character. This show Car- is a lie. Like, Carrie Bradshaw was believable <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. Like, that's Sarah Jessica Parker. She's into the shoes and the clothes. And you kind of felt like that was her personality. The same with the other ones. But not Miranda. But I have a hard time believing people that are playing opposite uh sexualities if that's the right word probably not i'll probably get emails you're totally gonna get emails (laughs) shannon with three n's all right we'll come back we give you a chance to win a thousand dollars coming up brought to you by cunning dental some dental problems you stank mouth call cunning dental for a free exam triple eight six forty smile the creepiest doll ever found in a cemetery and I know there have been dolls in cemeteries before. And none like this. Your chance to win that thousand dollars. Right. You already did that. I did. Yeah. Gary and Shannon coming back. I kind of can't get over this right now. Uh, we'll have to do this a little bit in the uh, in Swamp Watch. But CNN is now expanding their Stormy Daniels coverage to other members of what would you call this? The adult but, film industry. Yeah, they're interviewing. Friends of Stormy Daniels, who also worked in adult films, about the claims of unprotected sex with Donald Trump. Are they naming, like, what they co-starred in and stuff? Because that would be great. No, we'll have to look it up, though. That's a good point. I'll make make a note of her name and see what sort of uh, credentials she's got. This Stormy Daniels stuff is really been blown out of proportion. We'll talk more about that in Swamp Watch, because right now... We have $1,000 to give away. Here's how you can win it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. If you win, they will give you a call. Uh, It might be from a number you don't recognize. If you don't answer, then you don't win. Your next chance to win, though, is going to be next hour. In fact, you got a chance to win 1000 bucks an hour. Every weekday right here on KFI from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay, do we have the creepy doll up on our uh, website? Uh, yeah, let me double check. Momentarily, oh, okay. we'll be up okay. there. Okay, but look, at there's the baby. Ugh. There's a little baby offering there, to kiss Justin Turner's boo-boo. We will, we will make sure that we tweet out this link so that you can check it out as well. The most horrifying doll I think I've ever seen. It is what looks like a blood-stained doll dumped on an unmarked Mexican gravestone with a bottle of blood next to it. Wow. Now, 
the people who run the cemetery say they don't remember anybody putting this doll there, but someone walks up to this doll with a camera and is recording this video where as the camera moves, it looks like the doll's eyes are following you. And it's the most terrifying thing. I know that when you look at um, uh, when you look at the uh, what is it the posters, if you want to call it that, in the haunted mansion mm-hmm. in Disneyland, mm-hmm. it looks like they're following you, right? It's a total uh, optical illusion because the eyes aren't really following you. Well, the faces aren't really. I mean, it's an and inside you're out. Exposed it's, to those pictures so early in life, and you continue to be exposed to them. So you're kind of not creeped out by the dolls at Disneyland. No, once anymore. I figured out exactly what they were, right. it made sense. But oh, when we no, yeah, there she oh is. <laughs> the teddy bear here to play. Here to play. If you don't come play with us, so stop it. Oh my God, stop my it. my eyes involuntarily teared up. Yeah. I know it's not good. Uh, the story about that, Monica goes to when Gary came over in my house and he started this tall tale about how there's a doll under the stairs. Well, you guys shouldn't have put the keg of beer down there. Right. So Gary went down there and he's drinking his brewskis and then he comes up with this story about a doll underneath the stairs and that after everyone leaves to go home... All you see is this little white face come from the darkness. It just sticks out just far enough that you could see its, just barely see its features. Ah! So you can understand the weeks that followed every time I went downstairs into the garage area and lights were off, I would hear that. Nope, I would move. I would move because of Gary. Time to go. Yep, just throw the whole house away. Uh, we'll show you the uh, we'll show you the creepy doll eyes if you want to go check it out on Twitter, at Gary and Shannon. There's a link there that you can follow and find it. Juan wrote in and said his daughters are into unicorns. So Abigail's unicorn name would be Mystic Frostfire. And then Hannah's name would be... Glimmer Nimble Flower. Glimmer Nimble Flower. That's mm. a good one. Those are good ones. All right, coming back. You thought, I thought we had reached peak Stormy Daniels. We will have some other actual politics stuff to get into, but we have to clear our palates first with some Stormy Daniels news when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFIAM 640. <laughs> Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Swamp watch. Gary and Shannon. Uh, you sound upset. I, I'm... I'm a little floored by all of this, mm-hmm. this Stormy Daniels thing. At its core, it's a story about a guy who had sex with a porn star, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know he had already cheated on his wife previously. Right. So the fact that he would cheat on his wife this time, is it a big surprise? It's not. No. Furthermore, this was somebody who was elected after he was caught on camera, on tape, talking about how when you're a star, you can grab women right there because you can do whatever you want to. 
Uh, this is somebody who is Teflon, especially when it comes to women, for whatever reason. All right. But it's the case. So why this news continues to surface and grow and blossom, I don't understand it. Nobody is thinking that the president did not have sex with Stormy Daniels, are they? I don't. And does think anyone so. care? Well, that's the that's the that's the point. Is it was that consensual I think is- sex, according to her. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't say. I mean, he may have been uh, bland and vanilla. I think was what she described his uh, sexual proclivities as just normal, everyday in and out menu stuff. Done right. Find a different phrase, please. Um, we, uh, <laughs> but it's just. I'm surprised that this thing continues to get legs. That there's everybody wants to continue talking about it. For example. Karen McDougal, the uh, McDougal, sorry, the former Playboy model, says she had an affair with Donald Trump. She is now suing in an attempt to tell her story. What's her story going to be? Is there any right. like what is it, what is she going to add something weird to it? Like he was on the phone with Vladimir Putin while we were doing it. Furthermore, who wants to admit they had sex with Donald Trump? You know what I mean? And then go through all that trouble legally and all the publicity. Is it just to get your 15 minutes? And by the way, Stormy Daniels, Stephanie, I think is her real name. Her unicorn name, if everybody was everybody was concerned. <laughs> That's not her real name. Her real name's Christine Clifford or something. Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie Clifford. Yeah. Fancy Glitter Blossom is, is her oh, unicorn Oh, I don't need to hear about everybody. her Glitter Blossom. <laughs> so just a few That's minutes amazing. ago... Just a few minutes ago, CNN interviewed a woman named Alana Evans, who is, I guess, a well-known porn star, uh, who at one time went by the name Jenna Talia. That's not even that clever. Who talks about Wait, quick. Never the mind. relationship between Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump, as if she's going to shed any light on, on any of this. This is the same woman, Alana Evans. Mm-hmm. By the way, CNN. What has she done? CNN smartly did not add uh, Alana Evans, star of Teacher Gave Me an F, Volume 5, Seduced by Mommy, Number 8. That must have been later in her career. The Booty Pageant, although she was uncredited in that one. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, I can't read that. Where was that one? <laughs> E.T. Triple X. Did she get it on with, is this like Shape of Water? Uh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't Maybe know. Maybe not as artsy. Read me some more titles. I can't. Damn it. Uh, Cougars Crave Young Kittens 8. Nope. That's Because everybody remembers career. 5 and 6 just went off the rails, so they had to make 7 and 8. I didn't know that there was like a fast and furious aspect to the adult film world that like they make eight of something. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) What? Tell me. I'm trying to find the ones I can read. Oh, not the Brady's triple X. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Why do they have to Um, sully, you know, the Brady's? Oh, can't. Uh, wow. Anyway, this woman has had a prolific. Was that the one we just saw with her black uh, bra yes, or hot yes. pink shirt? She mm-hmm. has made it into the Hall of Fame if there is such a thing. Is there? 
I'm going to Google there that. There is. It's the AVN Hall of Fame. Oh, so she's in it, huh? Yep. Um, I don't is know. She if- like, is she like the Joe Montana in the Hall of Fame or more like the uh, Bob Greasy? Uh, probably Bob Greasy. Okay. Yeah. So like it was a different time. But here's the other thing. They're showing now this polygraph, this still photo of, of Stephanie Clifford slash Stormy Daniels strapped into a polygraph machine. Which looks it more looks like, like a bondage, a, like it, a, a sex bondage. It looks like the beginning of a snuff film. Yeah. Why are we? Why? Because what CNN. do they expect to get out of this? I keep seeing headlines. You know, uh, the Russia collusion story. This isn't going to take down Donald Trump, but Stormy Daniels might. Why? Because they had consensual sex. As gross and nasty as it might have been, it was just like that's it. This ex-Playboy model that you were talking about, uh, Karen McDougal, yes. and how she's suing to break silence on Trump. And what's her silence, right? Well, apparently, the they want to talk about all of the Trump allies and all of their efforts to bury these affairs during the campaign. That they want to show that all the people that tried to hush-hush the, the women that Trump was sleeping with that there was a thing, that the, that the allies were trying to hush-hush the women. So now they want to all come out and say, well, I slept, with, I slept with him, he had an affair with me, he had an affair with me. But here's the problem. It doesn't affect this president. It, it you know, hasn't he was to this pretty point. much correct when he said he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. The stuff that we've heard about this guy, the dirt we've heard about this guy, he's untouchable. And it's a great conversation to have about why. Why doesn't it bother people about him? Why did it bother people so much more about Bill Clinton? Why would it bother people if it was any other lawmate, any other um, elected official? Well, just use his vice president as an example. If it came out that Mike Pence had an affair, people would lose their minds. Because yeah. Mike, Mike Pence is a guy who for his life has said he lives to a higher standard. He wants to hold himself to a higher standard. Donald Trump has never said that. He's never been the guy who's like, I am dedicated to one woman and one woman only, right. and I'm going to stay married. I believe in, in the Philadelphia, the no. Philadelphia, the fideli- fidelity. fidelity, thank you, uh, Philadelphia. He's the guy who says, I want what I want, and I want it now. Right. Regardless the, of whether or not I'm married or a pregnant wife or just had a kid or anything. He's the little girl from Willy Wonka. Baruch Salt? Yes. President Baruch Salt. More Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, coming up in the next hour, we are going to be going live to Maryland and Austin for the two biggest stories of the day nationally. Of course, that school shooting there in Maryland and the the bombings that just seem to get more random um, as time goes on there in, in Texas. One of the headlines I saw this morning on CNN was that something to the effect of the president's legal team is offering Ted Olson a job. Right. And I thought that's like, you know, uh, that's like us offering a, a, a weekly segment to, uh, I don't know. Edward R. Murrow. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, come in. We'll just, we'll just have you, you know, kind of join the group. Yeah. Edward, um, 
We do a fun thing where people send in their names and we read their unicorn names. You could do that for us. Perfect analogy. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. Uh, there's no way that no. Ted Olson would ever join this legal team to talk about Russian interference, collusion, and all of that. Ted Olson is probably one of the top two or three high-profile best litigators in the country. There was there was one guy who did get hired on to the legal team, a guy named Joseph DeGeneva, adding a voice to his legal team who uh, has been pushing the theory on TV that the FBI framed Donald Trump. He is a former U.S. attorney. He's not expected to take any sort of lead role, but more of an advisory role as the increased attacks, uh, as the attacks increase, I should say, on Bob Mueller and the investigation into whether or not there was any collusion. The uh, personal lawyer, Jay Sekulow, one of the personal lawyers, said that uh, Joe DeGeneva will be joining our legal team. I've worked with Joe for many years, have full confidence they will be a great asset in our representation of the president. Now, he was the guy, one of the guys, who endorsed this notion that there was a group of FBI agents that concocted the Russia investigation as a way to keep Donald Trump from becoming the president, that it would... Uh, illegally exonerate Hillary Clinton, and if she didn't win the election, then they would they would frame Donald Trump with some made up crime in an attempt to delegitimize his presidency. So he, that that's what this guy is about. Ted Olson is going to have nothing to do with that. And he, the firm uh, Gibson Dunn, I think, is where he's a partner. Gibson Dunn has already said, uh, "Yeah, that's not happening." All right. Uh, there was a report in the New York Daily News about the president trying to convince Vanessa Trump to stay in the marriage with Donald Trump Jr. The president tried to intervene with Vanessa, a, cor- a source close to the Trump family told the Daily News. He's personally upset. Donald Trump failed as a marriage counselor. The insider says that the president suggested that the couple stick it out a little longer, see if they could save their 12-year marriage, which has produced five children, ages 3 to 10. Uh, there were apparently a number of these interventions he had. In uh, in the months since his son's 40th birthday party over the New Year's holiday at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. Well, let's just let's step away from the politics part of this. And. I'm I'm just I think about that as a uh, did he was he doing that as a father? Was he doing that as a dad? I think I think I think absolutely. I, I think that if your son was married and said came to you and was like. Things have just been tough. I want to get a divorce. You would have a conversation with him to stick it out, especially if there's five kids, three to ten. Right. You would absolutely have that conversation unless there was abuse going on. I love this page six report, though, that Donald Trump Jr. is really cheap and that he has kept um, treating Vanessa like a second class citizen and kept her on a tight budget. She had to turn to her mother for money. That's not true. That's such crap. Uh, and the uh, the rumor. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. It just sounds silly when somebody of such means talks about being a second class citizen. The rumored affair with Aubrey O'Day. Is she a country singer? Would you no, describe she her? was in uh, no. Danity Kane. Oh, Danity wow. Kane. Remember yeah. that show about Danity yes. Kane? Yes. No. It was like uh, Diddy put the, the Diddy. pop stars. Exactly. Together. And oh. one of them hooked up with Rob Kardashian. Oh. And they sang. It sounds, I all of it sounds of, nasty. Yeah, I forget which one it was. <laughs> What Danity Kane song there was? Well, there was, yeah, there, there was, was a couple ones yeah. I liked. Uh, <laughs> I this was like circa 2006. Damage was good. Showstopper was big. Yeah, Showstopper. That was a good one. Yeah. 
That's it. We'll have to come back with Adrian Bailon was the one that he. Yeah, but she wasn't. She wasn't in Danity Kane. Oh, she wasn't. No, no, no. That was. Oh, that was a cheetah girl. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. All right, here we go. (laughs) Coming up next, real news. Uh, We do have some real news. We are going to talk updates on the school shooting in Maryland from earlier this morning. Also, the bombs going off in Texas. And then Neil Saavedra is going to join us a little bit later. We're going to talk about uh, some good, warm food, considering the storm is going to be rolling in a little bit later this afternoon. Gary and Shannon will continue after this. Gary and Shannon, bottom of the hour, Neil Savage is going to join us. We're going to chit-chat about some some cold-weather, rainy-day foods. Like ravioli. Mm. It's National Ravioli Day. I was just looking up a <laughs> homemade ravioli recipe maybe to make tonight and decided to just shortcut it and go with wonton wrappers. <laughs> That's one option, I suppose. Sure. sure. What are you going to put in it? Uh, maybe some pesto, maybe some ricotta. Garlic, what butter time? sauce. What time? <laughs> um, we have uh, keep, been keeping an eye on the storm that is going to roll through. It is just now off the coast of Santa Barbara. Uh, so we are just seeing some of the very first rainfall uh, here in Southern California of this storm, which is going to stay with us through tomorrow, through Thursday, and probably even into Friday morning. We could see some uh, some showers Friday on the way to work. Uh, but we could see areas that get six inches of rain. Santa Barbara, Montecito could see six inches of rain between now and Friday. Big story today in Maryland at a school shooting where it looks like a school resource officer was able to uh, hopefully contain the situation before it got even worse. Andy Field has been covering the story for us and joins us now. Uh, Shannon and Gary, uh, we are not too far from the school. They have most of it cordoned off with an investigators from the ATF, FBI, looking for bullets and and other evidence here. But from what we can tell and what the uh, local police tell us is that about 7.45 in the morning, a 17-year-old high school student walked in, confronted a 16-year-old who it appears he had some sort of relationship with, and shot her. Uh, A 14-year-old boy was nearby. He was also shot. We don't know what his relationship to all this was. The school resource officer, we're told, in less than a minute was on the scene, pulled his gun, and fired at this young man. Uh, What's unclear is whether that bullet from the resource officer killed the shooter or if the shooter killed himself. We're told that the bullets flew simultaneously at the same time uh, from the shooter's gun and the resource officer. And they're investigating now whether the shooter killed himself or the resource officer managed to kill him. A a tragic scene here. Uh, One of the interesting points here is that uh, one of the questions is, how did he get a gun inside the school? And the answer to that is he's a student, uh, probably had it in a backpack, and there are no metal detectors in that school. One of the, um, the the theories you mentioned there was that there may have been some relationship between the shooter and the 16-year-old girl that was targeted first. There was also a report that there was a threat against this school a month ago. Any idea if that was connected to this? We asked the local sheriff if it was connected. He said they chased it down when it happened. Uh, they uh, thought at the time, and they still think it was a hoax, and they don't think it's connected to this young man. 
any word on anything about the shooter, where the gun was from, any of that? No, the police have been pretty tight-lipped about it. But, again, this is only hours after it happened. Uh, we are told it was a semi-automatic pistol, but we don't know. Uh, certainly he could not have bought it legally in the state of Maryland. Uh, he was too young. And uh, we don't know if it was a, a family weapon, if he had gotten it from a friend, if it was stolen, if he got it on the black market. Uh, but uh, it didn't seem like he had a whole lot more ammunition than what was in the gun. Uh, but again, it's it's fortunate that there was a school resource officer who was trained. In fact, they told us that they had just recently held training at a, a brand-new school for all their resource officers uh, for a situation exactly like this. So the officer was prepared for this to happen. And the conditions of, of the girl and the boy who were hit? We're told the girl's in critical condition. She was flown to a shock trauma unit about an hour and a half from here. As, as well as the young boy, although we're told he's in better condition than she is. Uh, other than that, we don't have much more information on it. All right, Andy, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Andy, Andy Field there with the latest. He's in Maryland, uh, the latest on the school shooting. Had an update out of Florida. We told you earlier about the, the shooter in Florida. His brother had trespassed back onto the campus at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas This afternoon, a judge set an unusually high bond for the brother, $500,000, and apparently imposed a host of other restrictions for this brother of the Florida shooting uh, suspect. He was charged with trespassing there at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. And a prosecutor at this hearing this afternoon in Florida said, that his name's Zachary Cruz. He's 18. And a prosecutor said that Zachary expressed admiration for his brother's fame since the shooting and had discussed whether it might attract girls and pen pals. Yeah, that's a clear indication that sickness ran in that family. Yeah. Uh, weeks after his brother murdered, injured, terrorized at the school, he was there, the prosecutor said. Many of the parents kept their kids home today, that they have been again repeatedly terrorized. Prosecutor said this was the third time he had visited the campus, even though he was warned to stay away. He rode a skateboard onto the campus Monday afternoon. That's when he was arrested. And he's in the same jail where the brother's being held. The the thing is, it's not elite. Well, he was told not to come back or not to go to the campus. That's what he was told. But. After the school day ends there at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and probably hundreds, if not thousands, of other high schools like this, during the school day, the gates are locked. There's only a couple of places you can come into campus, and it's usually uh, manned by somebody. A security guard is there all the time. It's after school that the gates are open because kids have practices, they have after-school activities that they take part in. According to the arrest report, he told officers he went to the school to reflect on the school shooting and soak it all in. Soak it all in, yeah. Sickness. He did not resist arrest, and the report made no mention of any weapons. Trespassing, by the way, a misdemeanor usually carries only a $25 bond, but they asked for a $750,000 bond. Remember that this guy's mom... He and his brother, Shooter, their mom died back in November, I think from the flu, something unusual. And they'd been living with this other family while this is, you know, since they've been recovering, if you want to call it that, from mom's death. How does that family feel now? Not that they should feel guilty about what 
has happened. It's obviously not their fault, but they extend themselves. They open their homes to these kids who just lost their mom, and they can't pull their S together enough to go about life without causing massive problems. On the one hand, the 19-year-old coming in and shooting up the school, and now this other brother completely unable to handle himself when being told multiple times to stay away from the campus. By the time the kids got to that family, I mean, the damage was done. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just. Uh, All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Jim Ryan. He is in Texas, and he's been covering the story about these strange packages, these explosives that have been hidden in packages in Austin. And there was one very early this morning that exploded near San Antonio as well. We'll talk about all of that when we come back. And your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. You got stank mouth? Meth teeth? Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. Keep listening. We'll tell you how you can win. Mm. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. If you're looking to win some money, let's do it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. If you are the winner, they will give you a call. Might be from a number you don't recognize, so you got to answer that phone because if you don't, they will find somebody who will and give them the $1,000 and not you, and then you will feel foolish, and nobody wants that. Your chance to redeem your foolish feeling, though, Comes next hour when you have another chance to win $1,000. In fact, every hour from 5A to 7P right here on KFI. Looks like we've got a serial, uh, a suspected serial bomber that's working in Austin. Now, Jim Ryan is covering this for us from Texas and has the very latest. Jim, what do you know? Shannon, and this person apparently is changing techniques in a not-so-subtle way. We know that the first three uh, bombings that happened here in Austin this month involved packages that were set off at uh, people's front steps. They were left there, apparently, by the bomber himself or the person who designed and built these things, apparently targeting the people specifically who live there. Uh, We had those first three go off. Two people were hurt. Two people uh, were killed. Then there was this shift that we saw on Sunday with a tripwire bomb that uh, went off and injured two men. And now it looks as though, Shannon, this person is shifting the way that the packages are delivered. Uh, actually using FedEx. We have two uh, uh, devices found in a FedEx facility in suburban San Antonio last night. They apparently had originated in Austin. They were bound for an address in Austin, but uh, were routed through San Antonio because that's how FedEx works. One of them went off at the facility last night, that FedEx facility. The other did not. And it could provide the key to catching the person who's responsible for all of this. Uh, what do we know about any address where they were headed to Austin, but we do we know specifically where they were headed? Well, we don't. I mean, generally, the public doesn't. But I suspect that the FBI does, uh, the uh, ATF. They've been looking into it. They know the location. In fact, I was at that FedEx location about uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, where they were dropped off. It's not too far from where that Sunday tripwire bomb went off. And, I mean, the place is calling with FBI agents right now who are looking for evidence, uh, perhaps looking at surveillance video. They want to find out, Gary, where the the person is uh, who dropped them. They want to identify that person badly. Do we know much about um, 
what sort of work is being done behind the scenes by the FBI, ATF in terms of are, are they working strictly on forensics here? The pieces of the bomb, for example, that went off on Sunday, the one that went off overnight, or are they uh, are they trying to find uh, profilers? Are they trying to find people that can give them just clues, general clues about who might be responsible for this? Well, I think they probably have a room full of people like that, profilers who are looking at uh, different characteristics that this person might have. Is there surveillance footage at at drop-off locations or anything like that? Yes. I believe there is, and that's going to help a lot. You know, that that could really be a key to this whole thing. I'd also consider, Shannon, that uh, uh, this person may have some expertise in handling uh, explosive ordnance. Where do you get that? In the military? or in law enforcement, if you had that kind of career at one point. So, you know, there, there could be uh, those profilers looking at those aspects of this person's life. I read that there was a, at least 1,200 calls into Austin police just in the past two weeks about people worried about packages. Is there any message to people who, uh, about anything that could identify whether their package could kill them or not because you know it's it's ubiquitous we we all get packages all the time now mm-hmm. with the way that we're, we're living with amazon and, and whatnot is there anything that they're telling people to be aware of well no but they're telling them to keep calling yes they're, they're saying look if you're suspicious about that package uh, if you're walking uh, on a sidewalk or a street and you see fishing line across it or you see a bizarre object be sure to call they want to keep those calls coming they've got something like 500 federal agents here in austin who are backing them up, the local police, and, and helping with the investigation. Uh, and they're staffing those phone lines as well. And those calls are coming one after another. <clears throat> there was a Whole Foods market here in this part of Austin uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, which uh, somebody found a, a big, suspicious-looking suitcase outside. So the DPS was called in. State troopers came in with a portable x-ray machine. They took a look and found that uh, it was harmless. But they're certainly not uh, trying to dissuade people from making those phone calls. What's the what's the sense of uh, life in Austin? Uh, Eight hundred thousand people is everybody on edge right now? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, businesses are running and people are going about their business and living their lives as normal. I think this is in the back of a lot of people's minds. Uh, especially if they peek out the front window and see a package sitting there, I'm sure that that flashes in the in somewhere in their thought consciousness. You know, they do I open it? Do I look at it? I think people are being very careful. Jim, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Shannon. I found that uh, Austin was ranked the second safest major city in the United States a few years back by the FBI. Um, it doesn't mean anything it's just a strange coincidence compared to what it is that we've been talking about for the last several days now in dealing with all of this but i can't imagine what that what it is like i mean even today you would look askance perhaps at a package that showed up on your door whether or not you remembered ordering it i think everybody has at least something in the back of their mind about what it is that uh that's been going on in texas I think they should probably reevaluate these safe city lists, too, because Parkland, Florida, was on the safest city list in the U.S. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skyler wrote in. Skyler was born in January. So Skyler's unicorn name is Fancy Crystal Dazzler. That's a fantastic one. Um, And then there were a couple others I wanted to get in there because I knew that they were super duper good. Carl. You don't get a lot of Carl's. Carl, it's like Gary. It, 
Carl is m- Moonbeam Nimbleflower. That's a good one. What do you mean it's like Gary? Carl is like Gary. You just don't get a lot of them. But you are no longer Gary. You are now Twilight Crystal Dazzler. Right. right. Tasty Tuesday when we come back. Does anybody know Neil's birthday? Neil's birthday. Um, gosh, I don't know Neil's birthday. Yeah. I feel like a bad friend. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll, we'll find him. out. Uh, we'll also talk raviolis and what to make when the rain comes coming down or something. I'm going to try that again. That sounds like something Carl would say. Making some warm foods for when the rain gets here. Hey, Gary. Yeah, Nick. Did you hear about the Italian chef that died? I did not hear about the Italian chef that died. He passed away. Gary and Shannon on Tuesdays in the one o'clock hour. We welcome in Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter, who you can also hear on Saturdays here on KFI from two to five. Do we figure out what his real name is? Oh, what what, his unicorn name? Birth month. I need from you. July. July. Yes, you are. Confetti raindrop mist. Does that make him uh, Shannon's brother, too, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that is your unicorn name. Uh, thanks. Yes. You're welcome. Everybody thanks, buddy. seems to be excited by this. I appreciate it. Uh, you, you know how uh, to get your prostitute name? Um, no. It's your first name? Gary. And your last name? Hoffman. <laughs> there it is. That's my prostitute name? <laughs> yep. That's strange. What I heard on the streets. Wait. Oh, you mean about me? Yeah. Hey, uh, I have a quick question. Yes, sir. Where the hell is Shannon? Uh, it's not my turn to watch her. We're did currently on the hunt. <laughs> Why did you guys leave I have Wednesday, the door? I have Wednesdays unguarded. and Fridays. <laughs> she better not be. She said she was making ravioli. Maybe that's what she's doing. No, yeah, I she's... thought she was going to wait and do that, though. I didn't <laughs> think she meant, like, right now. And if she's making it with wonton wrappers, there's really no need to leave early. Hey, look at that. Hey, guys. So What's up, Handle? Everything all right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was so Handle last week when we were filling in from him. I Whoa, know. I just I... spilled again. Look at that. Yeah, I had bacon, uh, lasagna, and mm-hmm. raspberries all, all before 9 a.m. Yes, and half of it ended up on her microphone. Yeah. Because she spit it out. Hey, what's going on, Neil? 9, 10. Right. Um, Ravioli. Yeah. It's National Ravioli Day. Which is great. I love raviolis. I think I'm going to make some raviolis with wonton papers today. Wonton wrappers. That's great. It, they, they work very well. I uh, we, I recommend when you do it to use a heavier sauce. Um, it kind of covers up them being <laughs> wonton wrappers. Wonton but wrapper. they work great. They really do. They, they work uh, quite well, and I've done it many times, but the heavier sauces tend to okay. work better with them. Uh, when you have a slightly thicker pasta... Uh, you can go a little lighter on the sauce, but because it's it's a little thinner, um, I would go heavier on the sauce. Okay. Uh, ravioli is fantastic. It's not hard to make. It's one of those things, even to make it from scratch is not hard. Uh, to make your scratch pasta, uh, let it rest in the fridge, and then roll it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty, but ravioli is one of those things when you make it, it's impressive as hell to look at. And it tastes, and you're like, I made that. Right. Would you would you make the pasta the same way you would if you were going to put it through a pasta maker? I mean, through yeah. a, 
you, the only thing is, is you're doing, if you're going to do it by hand, you're going to roll it out and then you're going to fold it and you're going to roll it out and you're going to fold it and you're going to roll it out and fold it and keep doing that. And then, and then finally roll it out to the thickness you want, uh, which is about, uh, I guess about a a 16th or so uh, of an inch. And then you fill it and you can do it a couple different ways. If you're doing it without a, a, a pasta make or a ravioli maker, which is this cool little tabletop. Uh, template that allows you to put a sheet of pasta over it, and then it makes the indentation all at once. Usually, does about ten of them. It makes the indentation, and then you put the little tablespoon or less of uh, about three quarters of a tablespoon actually of filling, and then you put the egg wash around it, or you put water, and then you put the other piece on top, and then you press it down, and it actually cuts it out. And it perforates it and everything. There. The egg wash just works as glue. Yeah, egg wash or water is going to work as glue. I will recommend that if you're making whatever your filling is, depending on a couple things when you're making filling, you don't want it wet. You want it to be a little more dense. Sometimes people will add egg to it because it will firm up in there. But if it's too liquidy, it starts making a mess. You want something fairly mm. – and, and you want it to be something that you could eat with a spoon on its own. What have you decided in terms of your raviolis? You're going to do it on over the weekend, or yeah, what's, no, going, tonight, what's going on for in? National Ravioli Day? I know, but this is from uh, Fabio Viviani. That's uh, uh, that, what's that Irish? Yeah, yep. It's a, it's a little German in there. Too, it I involves think. ricotta and basil, mm. um, but he just does a, bu- a butter garlic sauce. I that might work, but a butter garlic sauce is pretty. Th- Thin for yeah. a wonton wrapper, but okay. but try it. You know what I would do? Well, I don't want to taste like crap. What I would do? <laughs> um, uh, what I would do is cut down the size of. Don't just use the whole wonton wrapper. Yeah. After you fill it, get a cookie cutter, a round cookie cutter, um, or just a, a pizza cutter, and cut down the sides so you have less of the. Well, he says to just use one and do and a triangle. It. Yeah. Oh, which is called a mezzaluna, I think. It's like a, I think that's what that's called, like a moon. It just says fold the wrapper in half. Yeah, you can yeah. do that. Okay. He doesn't give it an Italian name. He does name. not give it a, well, because he's not Italian. That's not true. He's, he's Fabio Viviani. Oh, We that's already right. talked about him not guy. being Italian. They're German guy. Hmm. Mezzaluna. I think that's what the half moon, when you fold it over, like that is called. But the, 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 the end is still the same. You might check the ratio, just Boil one and see if it has a luna is also a knife. Yeah, it's all it comes back to the moon. It's the shape. It's the right? shape. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent. Learning a lot today. Excellent. Not like that crap we did on Friday. Shannon found uh, Google on the computer. <laughs> realized when she types words in there that she gets answers. More give, words uh, come up. Did you give Neil his unicorn name? Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny is we had a couple of minutes to screw around while you were running around. Oh. So yeah, we did the unicorn stuff. So wonton wrappers work excellent. <laughs> and also, uh you can go to freshpasta.com. It's made locally, but freshpasta.com will ship it to you as well. Will they do oh, it by tonight? Probably not. Now there are there there are ways to use fresh lasagna pasta, but I I tell you, it's a little more tricky because you have to find a particular – if it folds without cracking, it's a good one. If it cracks, you're probably going to have to put it in in hot water for a little bit to soften it, and then you got to dry it off, and then you, it, you make it Which is just pliable. as much work as making it yeah, yourself. Yeah, it, it, it can be done, um, and some people swear by it. Uh, another thing is get all the air out 
when you're putting the the filling in there and you're laying, even if you're folding it, like uh, uh, Shannon said she was going to do, fold it over. Mezzaluna, uh, is what, that's what it's called. When you fold it over, make sure that you, you get all the air out because that air starts to heat up and it will pop and... Yeah, and and then then you get liquid inside. So you want it to be tight, yeah, like a tight. Yeah, yeah. you want to press that down and make sure that you get all the air out. Uh, make sure the filling is you know nice and dense, not loose and liquidy. That it's it's good. Don't be afraid of seasoning on it because now it's holding up against the pasta and the sauce as well. So make sure you put uh, some some good flavors in there, and that it's something that you'd eat on its own. Like if you ate it on its own, it tastes good, and, uh, and you'll be golden. I mean, they really aren't that hard, but man, it's a it's a thing of beauty to make. When we come back, we'll talk some about uh, how we're going to have comfort food over the next couple of days. Mm. I have the perfect comfort food really? for this weather. Oh, really? I do too, but oh, yeah. but I told her to make it, and she won't make it. But I'll tell you what my idea. Why won't you make it for Gary? Well, you, he, that was a lot. I wasn't Why? for me. I didn't want her to make it for me. I just wanted her to make it. You didn't tell me what was it. I did too, and you said your husband doesn't eat that. What, broccoli? McDonald's fries? No, never mind. When we come back. Only man on the planet that doesn't eat McDonald's fries. With Neil Savage, the pork reporter. Uh, or he, should I say. He doesn't like McDonald's fries. I don't understand that either. Confetti raindrop mist. He has a lot of weird tastes. Gary and Shannon will continue. Darkness right in front of me. Oh, it's calling out and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. KFI will stay on top of this story out of Austin, Texas, over these serial bombings. I got to believe it's this person versus the clock at this time. When the time, you know, when they start combing through surveillance video and start doing tracking numbers and everything, I got, I, I would love to see that war room, wouldn't you? The FBI. Yeah. And considering they've got so many different locations right now, not just Austin, but also down near San Antonio and then the places within Austin. Yeah. That's uh, it's going to make a good TV show when it comes out. Uh, we're talking with Neil Saavedra, the fork reporter. Uh, we talked a little bit about raviolis. Probably a good, you know, p- uh, Italian food can be a good cold weather, rainy day. And since we're going to have a couple Could of be. them. Uh, it's fantastic. Awesome. My suggestion to Shannon for a good rainy day meal. Mm-hmm. It's potato soup. Oh, oh yeah. yeah Good right. potato soup with some bacon bits and some sharp cheddar Come on. cheese on it. That's right. Chives in that. A hearty soup. Stop yeah. it. I'm crying. We're, we're, how is that bad? Yeah. Well, I had She's, just said that I had made chicken and potatoes on, on Friday. So it, potatoes are still kind of, you know. Heavy in the house? Yeah. Hmm. Still have some leftover potatoes. So I don't want to get into more, more potatoes. Because there's already potatoes. Throw them into the batch. Reuse those, the guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like mixing old with okay, new. Fine. Never has for ideas anymore. Really? I know. I'm really weird about leftovers. No, there's a thousand jokes going through my head right now. Anywho. <coughs> You're right. You need a wipe? No, how's your husband? Uh,. I wanted to get into. Did you just make an old joke about my husband? <laughs> well, old joke, young joke, however it goes. However you want to, however you want to flip that. Enjoy prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, visit, love you. <laughs> okay, 
my right. uh, my Go thing right now is right, is, uh, is a savory pot pie. Whether it is um, pork or chicken or beef, and I'm on this kick because, uh, and then I made uh, I made a shepherd's pie. Uh, on Saint, actually, day after Saint Patrick's Day. Oh, Gary was and, all about the shepherd's pie. Oh my gosh, I love a good shepherd's good pie. And it, the the basic mechanics of it are exactly the same. You're just putting, you know, I I used uh, sweet potato and regular mashed potatoes on top, but you could put that into a you know your pie shell and you're good to go. And it's come on now. When was the last time you had a pot pie? Saturday. Really? Yes, as a matter of fact. I'm used to... Homemade now, or frozen? Me growing up on pot pies was my parents would go buy them in the freezer section. And yeah. we would have you know two dozen of them in the freezer at yeah. any given time. Exactly. And you could, they would never heat evenly, in my experience. Did you, did you microwave them or put them in the oven? No, they were uh, aluminum foil, so you had to put them in the oven. I, I could never get them to heat evenly or heat all the way through. So I'd eat the outside first and then put it back in the oven to heat the rest of it and then finish the whole thing. And it was like, you know, three servings per pot pie. It was always way too much. But I loved them. Couldn't get enough of them. Those little uh, perfectly squared carrots and potatoes that were in there. The pot pie that I had Saturday was at a restaurant, which I've never done before. First of all, they didn't bring it to me in a pie plate, which I was a little offended at. It was just in a big bowl. But the crust on that stuff, I mean, the flaky crust that they used for that and the the size of the chunks of chicken that were in that I thing. I feel like you're doing so a pajamagram good. commercial right now. Oh, I felt like I was in a pajamagram yeah. commercial. They often, when you go to a restaurant and you order it, um, that it will be served that style. It won't have a bottom crust. It'll be served in a ramekin or like a bowl. And then it will be topped with a puff pastry. And then the puff pastry kind of seals the top. And it's baked off. I've had some really good ones. But you learn to, to master a, a very simple gravy. Um, you can build these things easily and quickly in your own home. And what I do is I make a, a large batch of the filling, and then I freeze it off into sections. And I can use it as uh, as a side dish or something underneath a you know, uh, protein or a piece of meat. Or, or I put it in uh, puff pastry or I put it in pie or whatever it is. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When did did we start saying proteins for meat? You know what I mean? You go to a restaurant, it's like, oh, pick your protein and, you know, whatever it is. And, oh, the proteins are the same or... South Beach diet. kind of odd to me. Like, when did we start calling meats? It's sort of a... It's... To be honest with you, it's kind of a reverse. It's a very chef-y thing that goes on. Chefs talk that way. And as more people educate themselves on the process of where food comes from and things like that, I think they... Take on chef or speak. the proliferation of all the chef shows. Yeah, does it have okay. to do anything yeah. with like the rise of like vegetarians and veganism and stuff? Where your well, protein was more plants for protein, some people. Protein is protein. There's a lot of argument as to whether meat protein is what they call a whole or complete protein, and then plant protein is not. It's it's garbage. The protein, the body sees protein. There's certain things that have to be a part of it to be a whole protein, but the body's going to see protein as protein, whether it comes from an animal or a vegetable um but some people do differentiate they but usually when they say protein they're talking about that main protein source in the meal so it's usually not the the vegetables they're talking about they're talking about the meat cold weather dish question yes. is there science to it that we crave certain things when the weather is colder outside oh of course i mean you want to be comforted now you go to different places and it's physiologically we respond 
our bodies uh, are, are trying to find stasis. So if you put something hot into them, they're trying to uh, make it body temperature. If you put something cold into them, they're trying to make it body temperature. And depending on the heat difference, your body is going to expend whatever calories or energy to do that. If you go to Russia, you will see them eating ice cream on a freezing cold day. And it's partly due to pride. Strangely enough, it really is. It goes back to the pride that we're not cold. It's summer, um, and we don't yeah. care if it, the Germans are the same way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be freezing, and you're like, oh, my God. And you see them eating ice cream. It's, it's, you yeah. know what? We're on vacation. It's July. I'm going to eat ice cream. Yeah, and there's short sleeves. It's like, what? Yeah, right. Um, but if you go to India, and it's 104 degrees out, they're drinking hot tea. And there is some science that says that the body, that when you're hot to eat something hot, because your body starts to sweat, and when yeah. you sweat, it evaporates and off. it cools you off. Yeah. But the cold thing... That makes no sense. Yeah. So I always want, when it's cold, I always want to be comforted. I don't go, gosh, you know what? It's such a gloomy day. I, I want a salad. Yeah. You don't... You, you crave something warm to kind of, you know, like whiskey, and aren't whatever we, warms you. Aren't we, like, more conditioned to... Uh, <laughs> to survive a cold winter if we have more fat on us. Oh, absolutely. So, like, Good point. Yeah. Sim- so, you know, the, the cold weather food or the, the comforting the comfort food is always fat. fat High fat. It's, yeah. it's warm. It, it's comforting. Um, but it's going to, you know, yeah, put a little, you know, a little shake in your walk. A little oh. jiggle in your middle. A little giggle in your gag. Well, that way, yeah. you know, you don't have to eat. You know your friends in in the winter, wow. like the yeah. Donner Party. That's exactly what I was. Thinking. Yeah, which is the go to for me. Yeah. <laughs> Comfort food. My, my neighbor. My wife would have a feast. She's like, <laughs> "You look sleepy." Does <laughs> <laughs> she often bring yeah. silverware to bed? <laughs> she, like, why don't you just go to sleep? She'd be she'd be nothing. I'd like a. That'd be like an appetizer. <laughs> it's like a chicken wing. Yeah, but she could live off me for like. <laughs> Today we finished the head. <laughs> the whole crowd. The neighborhood goes. Ah! Neil huzzah, huzzah. the fork reporter. <laughs> you hear him Saturdays from two to five. John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow, and I mean it. Stay dry, everybody. Be sure to be with us next time for further adventures of Gary and Shannon.